0: Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by Gmig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to this week's installment of Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Of course, we are with our friends from the Des Moines Register. Friend right now, uh Tommy Birch joins me, Randy Peterson on assignment. Um he will not be with us today on Cyclone Insider as Tommy. It's one of those days where you, you show up and you know we're in the heart of football season. And nobody really wants to write about football. Nobody wants to talk about football. And you, you had a very real moment, and I and I felt with and for you during the Matt Campbell press conference. Somebody had to ask the first question about football, and it's a, you know, it just seems so meaningless right now, um, as everybody's kind of grieving the the loss of Thelia Barquin, a Rosamina Big Twelve champion golfer. Uh, for iowa state last year she was their 2018 female athlete of the year and not only her passing yesterday but in the horrific details that continue to come out about her passing and man it's just been a really
1: weird and bad day up here names yeah you know you brought up the press conference, and it did feel weird. I mean, I think the first four questions were about her as they should be because I always say it 's doing a lot to to recognize her they 're going to have the the decal um, on the helmet um, you know i 'm guessing they they have a moment of silence, all that stuff, and she, she was obviously a student athlete that touched the lives of many people around here. But yeah, I mean, you know, at, at some point I had to ask a football question. And it felt weird because, you know, all morning I think that's what everybody's been talking about, even outside of Ames. I mean, this uh, yeah, story. It's, it's become national. Yeah, I mean, it's a story that impacts so many people. Um, I mean, she, she, you know, I think Matt Campbell kind of said. Where she epitomized the, you know, the perfect kind of student athlete. I mean, she was out on the golf course working on her game. I mean, what she was doing in that moment is what Matt Campbell preaches to so many of his student athletes. Their motto for this season is "win in the dark," mm-hmm. do things behind the scenes, and that's what she was doing. And that's when she lost her life. And. You know, I think it's 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 something that. Um,
0: That's a really good point. I didn't you know I didn't think about it in in those terms. And I interviewed Campbell, and our audience, if you if you've been with us the whole show, you heard my interview with him earlier. And you know, Tommy, I asked him about just the sense of when you because when you recruit a student athlete to Ames specifically, you know, we're kind of up here in the. Yeah, you know, I remember the first time terrifying. I talked to George Niang and he's like, hey, it's just cornfields everywhere, right? You don't think that something like that is horrific as this sounds
1: what happened here and it's got to be extra tough for a coach too because when you go into a family's house and you're talking to mom and dad you're not just promising them i'm going to help your son or daughter get a good education have a great athletic experience but i'm going to take care of them and exactly and you know this you know nobody at iowa state failed in that aspect everybody here did a fantastic job it wasn't an iowa state student that was providing danger to other it was just uh, a that's, really and that's yeah that's the scary part is knowing that literally could have been any other student athlete out there and it uh, could have been any citizen you
0: know exactly. from
1: what we know now um and the obviously the
0: investigation and whatnot is still ongoing but just a uh, man i wrote about this a little bit earlier man and it you talk about senseless stuff, and, like, there's certain things, like, that you can always kind of just take a, a little bit of a silver lining out of and, and see, like, good come out of it. Not this. Like, this is, this is, to me, is horrific of a, uh, you know, there's been really bad things happen to really good people. You see it every every day in this world. But, man, like, up here at Iowa State, I mean, to, walking into that press conference today, it, it was weird, because it's usually, like, people are talking and... It was just—it's just been stone cold silence it's how it, throughout the entire city of Ames today.
1: Yeah, it's kind of how it's been around the entire um, um, athletic complex. I've been here for a few hours. I'd been there for you know a yeah. few hours in the morning, and it's you know just very quiet. You know the the crazy thing is um, during the day you can hear so many conversations going on. You can—it's really normal for me on a Tuesday. We're here, um, you know, the, the timing is uh, before Matt Campbell's press conference. I can almost always hear the prices is Right playing, you know, hear the wheel going. All the TVs, I could hear the press conference um, taking place. And it was eerie because it 's not just okay it 's just something that everybody 's paying attention to, but it 's eerie because you know everybody around here has either met her, passed by her, passed by her in these hallways or read about her athletic accomplishments, and she really was from the sounds of it just epitomized what you 're looking for in the student athlete and I know it definitely hits home for. For you, you know, and I both having, you know, young kids, I mean, yeah. it's, it's nothing but sobering and scary to hear stuff like that. I'll be honest with you. Like I,
0: I had great anxiety this year, just dropping off my daughter at preschool anymore, Yeah, which I, shouldn't, it shouldn't be a deal that you fear. But in our world today, it's been proven that that's not always a safe spot in this young woman. As you pointed out, was simply on a golf course in in Ames, Iowa. We don't have a lot of crime up here, you know. And I mean, it's just it's terrifying. It's a terrible way to live your life. But
1: on days like today, I don't blame people who live it like that. Yeah, Randy Pearson had a really good tweet this morning that kind of summed it up, where you know it connected kind of the the situation, you know, the death of Molly Tibbetts where you can't go run, you can't go play on a golf course. Uh, without worrying about your safety and that's what we've come to it's the the impact that it's had where now um, for a lot of people when they go out on that golf course that's what they're going to be thinking about what really hurts I think so many people too is we look at sports is it's supposed to be our our time off our breath of fresh air our step away from the chaoticness of our society. I think that's why you've had so many people upset about the, the kneeling debate in President Trump because now your real world is being is intercepting the sports world. It's kind of the case you have here where now you know the 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 area that you go to to distract yourself and to think about to not think about all those horrible things is now being darkened by this type of stuff. Uh, Jamie Pollard did send out a letter
0: to Iowa State fans and I believe ticket holders and fans and and whatnot. And... um about what's going to happen on Saturday and, and there's more to the letter uh, by the time that this airs. I'm sure that a lot of people have probably read this by now but he, but uh, Jamie writes the purpose of this letter is to share with you that we plan on moving forward and honoring Thelia on Saturday at the home football game. Now he wrote before it that they were going to honor her as the 2018 Female Athlete of the Year they'd already planned on that and he's, he writes that she broke down and cried when she found out that's how much it meant to her he says we will honor her with a tribute and a moment of silence prior to the marching band playing the national anthem. The tribute will take place at approximately 10:50 a.m. We strongly encourage all Cyclone fans to be in their seats by 10:45 to pay tribute and show her grieving teammates, coaches and friends what it feels like to be fully embraced by Cyclone Nation. Again, that's coming up on Saturday and I also saw um, and I don't know how much move the, this has by now, but Kyle Kemp, Iowa State in, injured quarterback, um, apparently is
1: trying to get it so the fans wear gold yeah, or, car, or yellow in her honor on Saturday. Somebody had reached out to him, and he tweeted a screenshot of it. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll keep everybody updated on that if there's more
0: honor, you know, stuff like that coming up. But man, just. Uh, just a weird deal. Didn't expect, um, you know, yesterday, I, I guess I woke up on Sunday thinking really positive things about this football team after what we saw against
1: Oklahoma on Saturday. And it uh, just all seems kind of I- irrelevant today. Yep. I'm, I mean, it's, um, it's going to be a sobering feeling come Saturday too because, yeah, it will. you know, um, when you see that. And, uh, um, it, it puts things into perspective it's really really does for the impact that you know I, I found interesting that last night on the Colin show Matt Campbell talked about um, you know the heat that you know paying not paying attention to the outside noise is what he was saying outside the walls and some he kind of mentioned the hits that his players take on social media and I think this is probably a pretty powerful message that hey you know we see it as much as anybody. People getting pissed off on Twitter <laughs> about either what they're doing or what we're writing. And once again, it, we, you know, it is it is a, a a huge business. It's not to downplay that part, but it is a very simple game. Too. It's, it's still sports. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's
0: let's talk some football when we come back. Are you good with that? I think so. Yeah. All right. And I think Matt Bain's going to join us for a little recruiting as well. But Iowa State, all of a sudden, has an interesting football game with Akron coming to town. Believe it or not, Akron beat Northwestern over the weekend. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, We'll we'll touch on the zips. We'll look back at Iowa State's 10-point loss to Oklahoma. All that coming up and more as we lead up to the Cardinals and Braves here for the next 25 minutes or so on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider. Here as we um, start the six o'clock hour on fourteen sixty KXNO. Um, again, if you didn't hear the end of the five o'clock hour, Tommy Birch was with me, and we, um, you know, we touched on all the the tragedy here in Ames over the last twenty four hours. We do, however, find it appropriate at this point, you know, after. Um, paying those respects to move on and talk a little bit about football today is um, you know we're in the heart of the season. Iowa State loses to Oklahoma over the weekend, thirty-seven to twenty-seven. Uh, Matt Bain from the Register joins us as, as Pete is on uh, assignment doing some other stuff. All right, I'm going to throw it to you guys though. Even in a ten-point loss, Tommy, I thought. I thought Iowa State could take a lot of positives from that game. I didn't think that they would win the game going into it. Um, they, they could finally run the ball a little bit. There's still a lot of work to be done. Defensively wasn't perfect, but you have to cut them a little slack considering they're playing against Oklahoma. They made some adjustments.
1: What was your overall takeaway from Saturday? I thought they made the big strides in areas that we had kind of pinpointed as areas that they had to make the most strides in. Um, Some of the biggest ones were obviously quarterback play. Nine-day, even, you know, when Kyle Kemp was healthy, what you got out of the quarterback spot was nine-day difference from Kyle Kemp to Zeb Nolan. The offensive line made some strides. Still got a long ways to go, like you would said, the running game. And then, to me, the other big thing was just finding a way to get the ball to their playmakers. I mean, Keem Butler is basically shut down. He was shut down in the first half of that Iowa game. I don't think he had any catches. And then, huge game against Oklahoma. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do is just better offensive line play, Good quarterback play, Find a way to run the ball and get the ball to your playmakers. And if you can do it, you're going to have a shot, and that's what Iowa State did. To light the mood here a little bit, I really wish Peterson was on with us this,
0: this week after his staunch defense of Kyle Kemp over the over the summer. I said, I, hey, Kyle's still a great story, all that. I don't need to go without saying it. And they'll probably use him
1: again at some point this year, but Zeb looked good. Kyle Kemp is immensely important for the program for, one, you you want somebody – that can help you develop a quarterback. If Zeb Nolan is the guy moving forward, which I'm thinking he probably is, like man, it is really nice to have a guy with Kyle Kemp's experience yeah. you know, waiting in the wings because right now, next in line, you've got Brock Purdy and Real Mitchell who have never taken a snap. I'm not sure they're ready to be thrown into the deep end. At the very least, when Zeb Nolan went out and orchestrated that first scoring drive against Oklahoma, he had gotten some – playing time here and there before that, albeit, you know, irrelevant snaps. But time for him to get the kinks, you know, sorted out and get his feet wet where he wasn't massively overwhelmed by the situation. But you're exactly right. I mean, I've been saying all summer long that not only is is Zeb do things that um, Kyle Cam can't do, but I thought at some point during this season we are going to be having a quarterback – Conversation. We yeah. always do up here. Yeah, and the <laughs> thing, the yeah, deal. the thing. I mean, look at this. I mean, two years ago, you thought Joel. You know, it was. I never, I never thought this, but I, I know Randy was pretty adamant that hey, Joel Wanning's the guy. Well jacob park comes in by the end of the year uh last year jacob park was supposed to be the guy kyle kemp comes in when he leaves you know you're right now the good thing is if you're an iowa state fan is you've got this abundant of talent where it's not like oh wow we don't have any if you're an iowa state fan you aren't thinking we don't have any quarterbacks in the room you're thinking there are some actual options in the room that you should feel confident about yeah they they took strides um, up front as well.
0: That that line looks so much different with Newell at center and good Jones out wide left. Well not wide left but on the line yeah. standard. Um, there's still an average offensive line in the Big Twelve, if that that's but, good from where they were against Iowa, though. They were terrible against Iowa, yeah. Um, so that's a good thing going forward. Uh, Bain, we'll bring you into the conversation, man. And this this week's interesting. because Did you get to watch at all the Akron-Northwestern game at all? I watched the end of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this is bizarre. Akron's a team that y- y- you kind of had written in as a win. But, man, it gets your attention when they win – At Northwestern. As bizarre of a game as it was, they had three defensive touchdowns in that game. This is a, I don't know, Campbell will say all the right things, and he did when I asked him about it in the press conference. I I like this for Iowa State, though, guys, that Akron won that game and. I think it's a lot harder for an Iowa State team to overlook them because of it.
2: Oh, certainly, and especially because of the way last year's game went as Mm -hmm. well. It wasn't a huge blowout or anything. Um, No, the players were saying the right things, too. They've obviously been trained and coached by Campbell, saying, you know, they're a talented team. You know, they've got a bunch of big players. Uh, But I do think when Matt Eaton was talking about it, when somebody asked him, did the three defensive touchdowns really catch your attention last week? And he shot up immediately and said yes. I mean, that shows you that they can change the game immediately, Mm -hmm. that they've got really, really talented guys on the other side and like you said going into this year that was probably a game you weren't even paying much attention to but now there's a very real shot and i'm going to say it, that they could lose i mean akron is a a good good team northwestern is good they beat purdue at purdue in the home opener that was a big huge game for mm-hmm. brome the brome era and northwestern went in there and, and beat them pretty well so what does this season look like if iowa state starts out 0 and three Oh, it would be a disaster. Yeah, it would be a disaster if that were to happen.
0: I was surprised that it was a 18 point spread when that thing yeah. came out on Sunday. I thought it'd be a couple of touchdowns, you know. But I, um, clearly, Vegas um, really likes Iowa State in this one. Um, Tommy, looking ahead to Iowa State's defensive growth, or I don't know if you call it growth or whatever. Uh, I, here's what I liked about what Iowa State did on defense. Against Oklahoma, is they played so many guys. Now, a lot of those guys made mistakes, but I, you know, in this whole like process or whatever we're we're calling it that that Matt Campbell's constantly speaking of, they've got they can go two, three deep at most of those spots with actual Big Twelve players. I don't think they'll do that for most of the season, but to me, on a hundred degree day in Ames, I don't know. it, It did show me
1: something that they've got a little more. Depth than they did even a year ago. Yeah, especially important once you really get deep into the Big 12 schedule where you're facing some really high, high flying, fast paced scoring offenses, a lot like Oklahoma. I mean, when you're playing Oklahoma, you need to be able to go two, three deep because you're constantly on the go, you're moving, moving, moving. And the good, the the good thing for Iowa State is that's probably one of the biggest areas where you've seen the improvement is the depth. Where before, I think when you went from one to two or two to three for Iowa State, it was you know almost nine days, like A to Z. There wasn't a B C D E F G. You know, it was a massive drop off. We're now. Especially on the defensive line, the defensive line might have the most depth where you 're bringing in guys like Matt Leo who can play some important snaps and give those guys breathers. I mean Jamal Johnson was talking today about the idea of you know last season you needed Ray Liam out there for seventy five you know eighty snaps a game. that takes a toll. It may not take a toll in that game, but by the end of the season, those guys are wiped and the more you can save that energy, the better um, long term for, for guys like him who are so important. Where a year ago, you just couldn't afford to take Ray Lima off the field at all. Do you guys, do you guys think that um, after watching
0: Oklahoma, Murray's got to be? Uh, I mean, He's got to be a top two or three Heisman front runner, right? I mean, oh they, he's unbelievable. They didn't miss Baker Mayfield at all.
2: Not at all. I mean, <laughs> it, the, theoretically on paper, he was better than Baker. Yeah. Baker lost to Iowa State. Exactly. I mean, who? So he's obviously one or two. Who else is competing so, uh, with him uh, right now? Two uh, of the. So, uh, yeah.
0: I mean. I, I, I think Tua's got to be the guy, and then the love out at Stanford, but he hasn't had
2: that good of a no, year. He he, so, Tua technically still isn't the guy in Alabama, even though everybody <laughs> knows he is. Yeah. But he's only getting 13 pass attempts a game because Staben wants to keep Jalen Hurts on the roster. Yeah, I've, I've tried to wa- as somebody that you know, I think
1: I don't know if you, if Pete's given you the vote. Pete's, I think the Heisman chapter, right? Yeah, I've been waiting on a vote for a decade. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I yeah, um, I tr- I've tried to watch all those guys, and you know I've seen a ton of Tua. I mean, he's impossible to miss, and some Bryce Love. But Tua, I think I saw like right
0: now he's the heavy favorite as far as Vegas goes. But Murray's right there. Yeah,
1: and maybe it's because I've seen Kyler Murray like right in front of me, but I mean, with my vote, you know, he's he's. Obviously, right up there with um, with Tua. I've seen Baker three
0: times live in person. I've seen Pat Mahomes a couple times.
1: Pat I, I never, Mahomes lost. He, he was right. terrible here. But he got hurt too. Yeah, if I I think it was a shoulder thing. The, yeah, uh, he got dinged up early, and then that kid, the former Hawk, had to come in and play. If yeah, I remember he correctly, came, I think Mahomes came back in the game and just was. Never the same then.
0: I, I, I just, I don't remember, and I'm sure there's been a guy over the years. I don't remember a guy who popped for me in person as much as Kyler Murray did. I, I was, I, I covered it, the game in, at quarterback. Now they're like, they've, I, we've I, seen some really good receivers
2: and stuff. I, I I, have, covered, I think I have one actually. It was I, back. Yeah, it, it was it one you? I wonder if we're the same well, person. Well, I was here. I covered. No, it's not okay. Um, Colt
1: McCoy. Okay. Against Gene Chizik's first team. 66-3. to Just smoked Iowa State. And I remember thinking, like, he's (laughs) won it. Or, actually, another quarterback who I think Iowa State went and lost at Kansas, Todd Reising, at quarterback. He torched them, too. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my goodness, Reesing. Those were uh, just
0: bad Iowa State teams, though. This, <laughs> were, like, this, but, this guy, like, came in against but what could be, like, one of Iowa State's best defenses
1: those, and was just awesome. But those those guys were in the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, were, yeah. I, McCoy kind of died down at the end of the year. He, I think his last two or three games were rough. But by the time Todd Reesing played Iowa State, and like, the, the Heisman train was still kind of pushing and i believe that was
2: mangino's uh, orange bowl year back in college i think it was my sophomore year back at san diego state it was, it, we were supposed to be great that year it was kind of like an iowa state situation <laughs> this year and our opening game was against eastern illinois and they had some quarterback named jimmy garoppolo <laughs> <laughs> so that is <laughs> <That's> my comp <laughs> he he lit san diego state up it was like 42 17 the season went downhill from there yeah um very very comparable jimmy g is obviously a little bigger but the electricity was the same. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, I'm kind of keeping it modern. We could go back, and I'm sure some of the old timers are yelling about Tommy Fraser and oh. um, man, even Vince Young, even Vince Young played yeah. a game here in Ames, but I, I wasn't around to specifically cover that one. I just, I really thought, and I, I put more, I give more credit to. Murray than I do, fault even Iowa State. Like, I thought his first road start, yeah. he sees a weird dime pack. Like, Iowa State that first half was very passive. They were only, they were dropping eight. So he was seeing all sorts of weird coverages. And that kid extends a play as good as any quarterback I've seen. And, like, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to cover a guy who's got a, the athletic ability of an Oklahoma four- or five-star wide receiver for
1: 15 seconds back there like those guys are being asked to do. Well, the thing about Kyler Murray, too, against Iowa State, you look at his first two games, just absolute blowouts where he's not playing the whole game. He isn't having... To work to the bitter end right, the pressure, to yeah. to win that game, yeah he 's not getting one he 's not getting tested, and like you had said, with just so many different looks he hadn 't handled adversity in terms of giving up a key turnover or having to put together an important drive to 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 cement that win, and you got to hand it to I would say one they could you know they put Kyler Murray in some very high stressful situations where. They kept responding and they kept having to force him to make another play, and he did. Yeah. And,
0: and I don't recall him
1: even getting close to a turnover. Like, yeah. I, I mean, even Stanley the week
0: before, there were two or three dropped interceptions mm-hmm. for Iowa State. Like, I don't recall Murray ever being in trouble.
2: No, I mean, um, he, he got pressured once, I think. Yeah. Uh, he got, was there one sack?
0: I don't think there was was either.
2: No, one of the times he did get pressure, he just sidestepped the pressure and then threw the play-action bomb for a touchdown. Or he just ran for like
1: four
0: or five yards and ran. I mean, what a hell of a slide, Tommy. You cover baseball. The guy's got (laughs) the
1: slide down. Yeah, I, I kept thinking during that game, Like man, it's got to be tough for the Oakland A's to be watching him, but he's not getting hit. Like he
2: he slides almost to a fault. I thought a couple times he had ten more yards to run, but he he slid. There was yeah, there was one time where
1: he entered in uh, Iowa State territory, where we might be thinking about the same play where he slid super early, and I'm sure. You know, he's thinking, I've, I've got millions of dollars here. I've got that pro potential. you know, he's
2: what's really being in his ear. Yeah, yeah, what's four or five more yards, me, in the grand scheme of things? But he does have a hell of a slide. But here's the question, though. I mean, Baker Mayfield, at the beginning of his Heisman campaign, people might have thought, oh, he's too small, he's not an NFL guy. And then he wound up going number one overall. I know Kyler Murray's a little bit smaller, but is he going to blow up? Is he going to have a potential NFL future to debate with the
1: MLB? Every thing that we've seen so far. You kind of wonder, why not? I mean, he's got the arm, he's got the speed, but and he he looks like he's probably got the body type, too. But the only thing is, I would imagine, it's got to be a scary pick for some teams to even entertain because he's already got the baseball... Well, he'd have to
2: he'd have to forego baseball. He'd have to say, "All right, A's, thank you so much. Here's your money back." Yada yada. I'm going to the NFL. The
1: smart, the smart thing would be for me would be baseball because you're looking at one safer career. Two, you've got some guaranteed money. Uh, and and three you know a, a longer lasting career I mean look at Jeff Samarja he's still playing <laughs> we had um, Chuck Long and
0: Sage Rosenfels on Monday like we always do we asked them that specific question and they were both like no play baseball <laughs> don't be stupid <laughs> yeah, don't be, play baseball. you want to be able to walk when
1: you're 50 <laughs> <laughs> baseball will be around in 10 years yeah. Yeah. tackle All right. football may not alright right, yeah. well, yeah. right, uh, since we have Bain here let's talk a little bit of
0: recruiting Did, so it's it's kind of weird because they're they're so far along in 2019. Yeah. How many like, 2019 guys are they even bringing on campus right now, or is it mostly looking ahead?
2: Most of the ones that I've I've seen and I know of are 2020 guys. A lot of in-state yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, what do they have? Do they have 21 for their 2019? Yeah, it's finals?
0: something like that. It's I mean it's but by, by all means done, and then you yeah. swing for some home runs at the end.
2: Right. I think yeah. Basically, they want. One more lineman, hopefully to get that Danielson EK kid, and then I think they want one more wide receiver, and they just offered a JUCO kid, and then they've got some other offers out to to 2019 incoming freshman. Uh, but yeah, for Iowa State recruiting, it's mostly looking forward to 2020 guys. A guy really, really high on their board and Iowa's board is Josh Volk, the Cedar Rapids Xavier offensive guard um, who just recently picked up new interest from Ohio State. Um, there's thought that he's going to pick up a few offers this this fall um, and really go from there, especially after week six once, uh, once schools can kind of see his midseason film. Um, I would say he's probably your number one 2020 guy to look at. Gavin Williams I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he isn't having a super impressive junior year. Uh, but schools really like him based on his size and potential because he 's six foot two hundred pounds and can run a sub eleven hundred meter dash no oh, nice um but for 2020 guys, those are two in-state guys I'd look at: Blaze Gunnerson, Kemper, Kemper Carroll Catholic, uh, Tyler Miller out of Greene County. They like him a lot. Uh, Cole Peterson is a commit from Central Decatur, a 2020 linebacker athlete guy. Uh, but you're right; it's mostly 2020 and even 2021. Looking forward ahead.
0: Yeah, and this it, it really is interesting to see how this early signing period has changed everything too. And I. I, I, I strongly believe for a school like Iowa State and even Iowa over on the other side of the state, it's, it, it's for the better, that they they, they feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. They feel confident that the, in these classes, and then, then they use the month of January and February to fill out the final four or five slots where they can really try and hit some home runs.
2: Right, and I, I'm curious as to how that's going to translate to the 2020 class, whether or not we're going to see them pick up a lot of early guys in 2020. I know Josh Volk's dad, Ed Volk, was telling me the other day that they are feeling pressure to commit. Not necessarily that, the, that coaches are telling them you need to commit now, but every single time you speak with a coach, every single time you have a visit or have, have a meeting of sorts, you feel that pressure to commit because the numbers are going to reduce. You know that the early signing period is there as opposed to years past, and there's just pressure to commit. And you have to, you have to decide whether or not, okay, I've got these offers now. I might be able to get some more later if I have a good year, if I have a good camp season, but I have these offers now. And I don't know if the numbers are going to stay because of the early signing period. So it throws off everything. I'm honestly not a huge fan of it because I think it it makes it a more difficult process Mm -hmm. and a quicker process for families and prospects who want to take their time. But I think I'm in the minority on that. Uh, But yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. What about basketball? Um, They it seems like things are kind
0: of finally starting to pick up. It's been really slow.
2: Yeah, they've got so they've got Marcedes Leach. They've got Luke Anderson. Um, they're the Anderson kid was a nice pickup. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be. I don't know if he's if he's superstar kid, but I think he's going to be a role player who's going to get you consistent play his sophomore through senior year. I think he's going to be a nice piece. Um, they've got Trey Jackson, a South Carolina point guard, coming in. I believe this weekend, yeah, September 21st through the 23rd. And then they've got that Kentucky point guard, Dekevin Kiki Tandy coming in the 26th through the 28th. So they've kind of narrowed it down to those two in terms of an incoming freshman for the 2019 class because they want to get one more perimeter player. Um, they're also looking at some JUCO kids. Uh, there's a player at Indian Hills. He's an uh, italian born kid his first name is tomas and i don't i can't pronounce his last name but they're That's looking right. at him um there's uh, bryce williams at a daytona state college in florida they're looking at him um but i would say primarily look at kiki tandy and trey jackson this upcoming weekend and this following week and i would not be shocked if a commitment comes before too long from one of those two
0: yeah it's it, it's always interesting to see how basketball uses football yeah, in a recruiting standpoint, and then football uses basketball—a yeah. a full Hilton Coliseum—and and, and I, I know that you know when when there's a home football game, how valuable it is for those for those visitors.
2: Yeah, and I I'm sure that Iowa State coaches weren't too pleased with what they were able to bring in last weekend because they weren't able to get a big visit weekend for Oklahoma. They had uh, one unofficial visitor in Ty Berry, a Kansas City point guard. They were trying to get Dane Danger and a power forward out of Minnesota, Minneapolis things didn't work out there, Um, but I'm sure they would have liked to get more than one unofficial visitor for the Oklahoma game. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that the Akron game isn't going to be exciting, not that there's not going to be a crowd there for for, uh, Trey Jackson to see, but... Like you said, you use football as a recruiting tool, and Oklahoma is bigger than Akron. Yeah,
0: no no question. All right, Matt. Thanks, Bill. Cool. No problem. Tommy Burch uh, for, for Matt Bain. No Pete this week. Uh, we'll have Hawk Central with The Register coming up tomorrow. Chad Lysico and Mark Amert will be in with Ross. That's it for this week's installment of Cyclone Insider here with The Register on 4th.